Hey, hey, folks. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of Trost Talk here. Uh, we got a great episode in store for you. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Also, follow me on Instagram at Trost Talk. Um, but first, my buddy, Pablo2020. All right, all right. Um, we are back. We are back in the studio. Got a super, super late start. Um, some unpredicted things came up. Um, had some uh, in earlier in the morning. Um, so all good news, which will be, it'll be a while for you listeners out here to find out why. But um, it will be explained this Sunday on my podcast. Um, anyways, I want to start off. First things I want to say is I have been seeing some new listeners pop up, uh, particularly, uh, in Belgium and Canada. Uh, so thank you forever, uh, in those <laughs> countries is continually listening to me run my mouth. So, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, and I hope you guys still enjoy the show. Um, yeah, just uh, just uh, it's just been a good day so far. Um, and also some other cool news. I got three episodes this weekend coming up. Um, so got a lot of recording going on, and I'll definitely try and get another solo pod in this week as well. Um, have been getting some good feedback on the solo pods. Obviously, right now some friends and um, uh, some you know, relative stuff like that who are enjoying it. Um, but good news is, uh, still positive, right? Um, anyway, so kind of get off to my jumping point today. Um, had a lot kind of going on. Um, but there was some things that I did want to talk about. Um, first and foremost, um, was, just Gen Z, uh, not necessarily like, I know I like to kind of gripe on them. Like millennials are much better, but, uh, Gen Z is wild to me, but I saw this one video online and some Gen Zer was like filming their buddy about to turn themselves in to go to jail. I, I, they had like a warrant out for their arrest or something. They're like videotaping it. And it just got me thinking, I'm all Gen Z could never ever get away with a crime ever they they would immediately have to post about it or they would be live streaming the crime where they are and it's like they have this just absolute need to have all eyes on them um it's ignorance is bliss i guess and it's something you're seeing um but Sorry, losing my train of thought a lot. I foolishly smoked right before I got on here. And so right now it's kind of killing me. Um, But get into something that I kind of wanted to actually go over last week, which was um, top five things that stressed out you as a kid in high, or not in high school, just you as a kid. Uh, So like elementary school kind of time frame. Um, And... So 
honorable mention I'll just start with was uh, Show and Tell. Now, people might think that this should be in the top five. I give it an honorable mention because, all right, I, I know it was like a the stereotype, like in elementary school, everybody did. I never did Show and Tell. I think I did Show and Tell one time. From kindergarten through sixth grade, the seven years I was in elementary school, that is seven. Just to, just to, it's kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. That's seven years. I feel like somebody was just going to argue that, so I just had to get that out. But the seven years I was in elementary school. Um, I know some schools do sixth grade and middle school. That's just ridiculous. That's just absurd. That's um, ridiculous. Anyways. Here were the top five things. It, show and tell, I never did it. I did it one time maybe, and I, I'm saying that just so I can kind of cover my ass on the memory thing. Um, never did it, I'd be willing to say. I don't think a lot of people did it, to be honest, at all. I don't remember hearing anybody do it, any of my friends, um, at least not a lot of them. Um, but for me, number five, school pictures. School pictures was a big nerve-wracking thing. Um, kind of standard, but, uh, you know, you wanted to look good. You got your best outfit on. Um, just the the best pic- – it was the best day you were going to have all year. You got to look good, feel good, um, be really cocky for the whole day, and you were like seven and eight. Um, the one thing I regret – is that nobody told me my hair looked fucking retarded uh, in sixth grade. And my hair was longer, a little longer. Uh, it was still like the back in the early 2000s um, where it was short hair and you would spike it in front. Well, I, other, well, I guess my sisters did, but because uh, they bullied the shit out of me. But I used to spike my front of my hair and in sixth grade, it was just too long. And so it would come out and it would harden with the gel and it would look like a fucking wave. It looked like, it looked like North shore in Oahu, just pipeline it. Kelly Slater would have had a field day with the front of my hair. Um, so I wish they just had like a protocol where teachers, you know, could call home and be like, Hey, you know, maybe don't let your kid look like this for the picture, but, you know, could have helped us in the long run. That was obviously the most stressful day for most people. The best year I ever had was we had the cool, um, in, in photo or not in photo in uh, school pictures was the day I had, which I still want to rock. I see some people do it like John Mayer, but like, you don't know if it's cool. You just, you know, when you see John Mayer do something, it's John Mayer. So you're like, all right. Looks great. It's sexy, but it's John Mayer. So, you know, you just get in that and you're like, I don't know that I could pull that off sort of thing. Um, so that being said, it's the white shirt, plain white shirt, button up, unbuttoned, showing the white shirt through, and then shorts. And then, like, cool sneakers, so it's not like Tommy Bahama. It's like, uh, it's, you know... Just not Tommy Bahama. It doesn't look like you're about to go fishing with your buddies on a boat and just get pissed drunk. It looks like you kind of have some style. But that was my best year, third grade, 
never forget it. Mike Van Horn, shout out in the same class. Mr. Wallen. He was my teacher. Um, um, number four. So this was a big one, and I think an underrated one, but PE. PE, I think, was the most nerve-wracking and most just stressing thing because it was always going to be a competition. There was always a competition. And, like, you had the few kids in the class who were, like, generally always good at games, and then you would strategize, make sure you had good teams. You would start – You, I remember you'd come out, especially me, because I was super competitive as a kid. I'd come out, and, like, I would know, even out of the me- – like, I knew how good – I knew the strengths and weaknesses of all the mediocre players, and I would come out, and I'd be like, all right, we're playing capture the flag. Okay. I know Eric will do anything I say. <laughs> and if I need somebody to do a distraction, he will do it and understand that he's doing it just to distract people so somebody else can go grab the flag. Um, You know, he's not somebody who's going to ever go back and try and do any defense, so that's a negative, but he's a great attacker, and uh, he's decently fast. He's, you know, he's not like Jake, where Jake was a little slower. Uh, That's why we had him on defense. But, um, you know, then you, you kind of knew, you already knew, um, who like the best girls were to as well, hands down who had hands, like catching was huge, which girls could catch, right. Had to know that pretty key. And especially in capture the flag, definitely needed that. And then you kind of wanted the girls that were athletes cause they understood like the competitiveness. So they would, they would be like all about game planning and ready to go. Uh, but it was generally a time to show off your athleticism. So that was like, you wanted to make sure you had a good lunch. Like if it was PE day, you had a good lunch or, so, or good breakfast. If you had PE in the morning, them early PEs were tough. Those were real tough. You had just woken up like an hour and a half ago and they're like, all right, <laughs> 11 year olds go run sprints. Um, yeah, kind of kind of wild. So that was always but it was always like a battleground, man. It was who who could be king of the playground for that day. You had bragging rights until next PE day. That's how it went. Um another one which I think is kind of a classic uh is new shoes. Big fat oh new shoes were huge. Always had to have the flyest shoes. Um my day in elementary school there were the fat farms, those are huge. Uh, so much so that I wanted fat farms so bit so badly. The local mall didn't have the ones that I wanted. And I wanted these high tops, cool, simple colors, but they didn't have them. And the only one they had was like a half size too small. Guess what I did? You're damn right. I bought them bitches. <laughs> I bought them so quick, and I only got to wear them for about three months. And by like month three, my feet were fucked. My, it, you would have thought I was trying to become a ballerina because my toes were so jammed up, and I just had those potato feet. Man, it was ridiculous. But anything for the style. And the other one that was underrated, but in my time, particularly when they came out super nice because they had that like patent leather and patent leather at this time was super super in it was um the dadas 
the Dada Supremes. Man, Chris Webber, Dada Supremes. And I grew up in Sacramento, so you know I had to fucking have those. I was a, I fucking loved the 2000, like the 90, 98 to 2002, 2003 was the best time to be in Sacramento as a Kings fan. And I had those Dadas so fucking fast when they came out. Black, silver, and um, patent leather, super shiny, clean. And I wore those things into the ground that one day, literally, I was running on the playground. We're playing like football or tag, some shit, right? And I'm out there. And these things, when I say I grinded the bottoms so far down that they were literally just, the rubber was just like, they were also, (laughs) you know, they're shitty shoes just from running that much. Like they were literally going through the bottom of the sole until one day it literally just snapped like a rubber band when you pulled too far and just snapped and my foot just fell out the front of the shoe and so I was just like walking around with a reverse flip-flop uh the whole day so that was uh I guess more a story but I would say the pressures of having cool shoes was like you had to have it and you had to have like cool ways to do your shoelaces I was always partial to, I still don't know this day what they're called, but it was just the horizontal lines across as your shoelaces instead of having them crisscross like every other average bitch out there. Okay, so for me, number two, and also the biggest farce in the fucking world, uh, was Cursive. Cursive, the most over-fucking-rated thing you had to have, ever, ever had to learn. Oh, my God ever had to learn you were told you're going to have to write this every day fourth grade all you do is write in cursive fifth grade all you do is write in cursive i mean that's what you were taught in third grade so we had to learn it write essays in this i mean hand hand cramps like you wouldn't believe cursive is not easy and you don't it's not like obviously people some people who probably don't there might be some people listening to this who never had to learn cursive but those of you who didn't, your hand cramps because it's not like normal print letter where you get to pick your fucking hand up between each letter. Everything has to stay connected. Those hand cramps were awful, and you would be like, dude, I don't give a fuck that I am having a hard time distinguishing between a lowercase g and a lowercase j. I mean, it was just... It's just ridiculous. And then you never, but it was like the biggest deal. So you had to learn this shit. Like we had writing assignments. Kids would be freaking out about this. You had cursive tests, quizzes, like little pop, little pop quizzos where it would be like, uh, I tried to make that pop in cursive. That did not work. Oh, well. Uh, But like little pop quizzes where you had to do little cursive tests. Stressful, man. And then the big one, Obviously, number one, multiplication, times, if, you know, you were a little slower, and times is if you were really slow. Um, this was the big, the big one. This was like, okay, you were like entering third grade at this time, and you were like, this is it. We're, we're getting up there. We're starting to learn some shit. You were super stressed out. Like, you had to come home. You're like, mom, I don't have time to talk. I got fucking times to do i've got to learn my times is and it you know i don't have time i don't have time to talk i'll, I'll be down for dinner you go upstairs throw your book back down 
get out your multiplication chart sheet, start busting out that that times is. Yeah. Now that that rants over. Okay, so I saw something online today uh, about uh, Damian Lillard. I guess he's been kind of having a tough time. Um, some like he, I guess he's just lost a lot of people in the last year and a half um, to like gun violence, illnesses, things like that. Um, and he said something about there. You know, there's just online. There's just a lot of negativity, and I do agree with that. I do. I I do agree that there is a lot of negativity. I kind of think it stems from like I I don't know. I feel like we just don't really have. You know, you hear the joke that people are like oh, Gen Z needs a war, and like the millennials need a war so they can like learn to have something to fight over. And there's some truth in that, not necessarily the full example, but there is a truth in that that like you need something to do. Like if we even if we times we didn't have war, we were doing something like building railroads across the across the nation at a time where i mean it took the whole fucking nation to do it and you know you were pioneering out into the west we've always had you know we had exploration that's how colonies started um you're always looking for some big thing and i think that's also prior episodes why i think it's so great that elon musk is doing that i think it could be serving it could serve as that activity that draws us away from because when everything's kind of good and cush it's like in people are people like your human instinct is going to be like find something to complain about because it gives you something to fix right so if you have things to fix you're not just sitting around and when you're sitting around people lose their minds because there's just it's an idle mind is a devil's playground you you know you just kind of go crazy you start um you know just getting antsy and it's not great you need to let out your energy somehow and generally solving issues major issues is something that takes a lot of time so you can put a lot of energy into it um but i do agree that i think there's a lot of negativity it would be interesting i don't know what but what could draw us hope i mean i i feel like you would think it would be what elon's doing but you can do that with just a company and just a select kind of few I don't know that it, we're at a level where we can have. I don't know that we're at a level where we can have, um, like, the common person being able to help. On like when you were building the railroads, like anybody and everybody could help build the railroads, right? Everybody need those workers. Um, uh, I just think it's just harder for us to obviously, as common people, get to space. I guess that's just my my thought. Uh, might not make any sense, but. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of uh, what we would love. It'd be interesting to see what it is. Um, you know, I think right now we're thinking it needs to be these big civil and social issues. Um, I just don't know that. I don't know that, like, I think, you know, you could say, like, world peace could be that big thing, but I don't think you would ever really, I don't think you're ever going to find peace within seven and eight billion people. That's just a hard thing to do. Um, I think what you can do is give seven to eight billion people something to do that keeps them from wanting to kill each other. Um, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, so, but with him, the, there was the one thing that I would say is kind of weird is so like, he'll be like, you know, he posts something about a team and then like, 
you know, he's like, oh, I, it's like everybody's kind of like, they'll be like, oh, you'll never win a championship. You won't do this or that. And it's like, man, you don't know my life. You don't know what's going on. It's like, it's true, but you're also an athlete. And it's like, you have people who are, now, now people being online are different. They're not like actual analysts, but it's like, you're on social media where you're putting something out there specifically about basketball. I would hope, maybe I have too much faith in most people, but I would hope that most people are able to separate the person from the, the, the athlete. Like they may love Dame Dillard, the player, but like when they're, he's posting something about a basketball and they're like, dude, you're never going to win a title. I would hope they're like that. That's just them voicing their opinion. And if you want to argue that like, you don't need to be saying something like hurtful like that, it's like, Sure, I guess, but it's like it's just an opinion. Um, it's like sure, but then you could be like, he also doesn't have to get upset just about my opinion of his sport, right? I guess that's my argument. Um, but uh, anyways, um, I I just feel like he kind of is when it's specifically about sports, I think you kind of have to be open to like being negativity or knowing that there's going to be negative comments out there. I feel like a lot of athletes are like, you can't ever say anything negative about them. And I think that's kind of unfair, especially when you're, it's like you're doing a sport for a career. Like if I want to sit here and tell you that I don't think for various reasons, you're not going to win a championship. I have every right to do that. Um, especially when it's about specifically your sport and and it doesn't necessarily mean anything about Damian Lillard I mean it simply has nothing sometimes it has nothing to do with like Damian Lillard himself like him not being good enough it's just like he's just not on a team that'll ever win like he's not with a franchise that'll ever win a title I think Damian Lillard if he went elsewhere could probably easily win a title he's a good enough player to he's a good enough player to be able to shift a team and make them a major contender or if they're already built to be close to a contender he can do that, but th- like the organization of Portland is just never going to win one. I guess that's my opinion, but, um, Oh, also, um, you know, he, he's like, what was it? It was about the negativity and, Oh, and he was like, talks about his family. It's like, okay. But like your post is specifically about basketball. It's not like something to do with your life. And then people are shitting on you. It's like, nobody knows that you had seven or seven to, 10 people die in the last year and a half and that has nothing to do with your basketball like I don't to me this is how it goes in my head is he's like says a post about basketball people commented on it in a basketball sense and he's like why would you say say something so negative you don't know what's going on in my life I have people dying over here it's like oh okay well like that's not what we were talking about like if you were like man if you were like, man, I'm having a hard time, like, you know, I haven't really been focused on basketball, and you came out and made a post about, like, how he's having a hard time, and someone's like, you're never going to win a championship. Yeah, I, I would agree that dude would be being an asshole. If you say something about basketball, and it's a basketball conversation, and you're like, I've had a lot of stuff going on. You don't know what it's like for me. Like, stop being mean. It's like, okay. I don't, okay, I guess what why like what the what the fuck i don't know that just doesn't make sense to me that's just my rant i guess on that hold on um okay so my i was having a phone call conversation earlier and um i'm gonna have to figure out how to say this without like really giving out a lot of names um 
business, a local dance studio, and um, where they obviously they teach kids like dance, like hip hop, ballet, blah blah blah, all that. Like it's a it's a dance studio, um, and apparently the kids who go to this academy are there's like a big like pan, like I don't want to say <laughs> pandemic, but um, there's like a big thing like where these teenage kids are now like FaceTiming each other and like masturbating to each other through FaceTime. And it's like becoming a problem and people are like, like not just at the dance studio, but it's like, it's more the teenagers. And it's like, it's also carrying over to like, you know, where if they go, you get what I'm saying. It's not like a problem. Just it's like these teenagers now are like all masturbating or like teenagers are masturbating to each other online through FaceTime. And my buddy was having this conversation. We were, this was like a lot of us. There was like four of us having this conversation and uh, you know, for me, it was weird where I was like, man, I feel like that's just so much for like 13. Um, like these kids are all like 12 to 14 years old. Right. And so I'm like, I feel like that was just so fast. And so, like for me back in my day, like you would never heard of that ever. Like that would have been so far down like that would have just like you would have never thought of that um like i know i know people who in high school like you know they had gotten girls to like show them their boobs or flash them through a webcam when they were like 12 and 13 right or like 12 to 14 like i know friends who have gotten that but that is like such a leap forward that's like you're talking about that's like a, the difference between talking about a first kiss and like sex at the age of 12 and 14. To me, that's like the parallel. It'd be like, that's, that's how big of a jump that is. Um, which got like, he, he and I started talking about that. Like, you know, how, like how times are kind of just seem almost like to sex is becoming so trivial now and people don't really think about the complexities of it. Um, and I'm not saying like, I, like I get it. Like I, I get it. It's sex. Sex is great. It feels amazing. I totally understand it. But I think it is something that is way more mature than I think a lot of people give credit to. Um, as far as like a serious, like a a seriousness to it. Um, and it's just bewildering to me because I'm like, man, it's kind of wild. Like I remember, I remember my first or not uh first uh like i remember being in it like junior high and like people were like making out a lot but like it'd be like a big deal like that was more like the big thing to do was making out but like a guy got a little hj like that was kind of like a big deal and now these seventh and eighth graders are fucking and to me that is absolutely insane like absolutely insane to me and now they are masturbating to each other on facetime that is fucking wild to me the first thought is where the fuck are these parents where what the fuck are they doing like what how are they not like how are you not how are you not involved enough in your kid's life to like be able to tell them that something like this is bad that or to have them to have the knowledge that something like that is not acceptable i guess um i don't know man that's just it kind of weird because it's like, you know, there's such a complexity to it and it's, 
I understand, like, dude, sex is there. The reason it's pleasurable is because it's meant for you to keep reproducing, to keep your your species alive. That's why. If like if sex didn't feel good, your your population would be fucking shit. <laughs> be absolute sh- dog shit. It didn't feel good. You'd be like, uh, why am I stabbing this wet hole? I'm okay. Uh, this doesn't even feel great, <laughs> but it does feel good. There you go. That's why we were able to have a population, and that's why it's you're literally kind of just playing with a, a loaded gun, and that's how you have to think of it. Um, be smart with the loaded gun. It's actually a great metaphor for a gun. Like, yeah, be smart with your gun. Like, know your loads. So I was going to talk about, I guess I'll talk. uh, This is an on-air, or this is a live debate in my head of whether or not I should talk about this. Not because it's, not because it's like controversial or anything. It's just more like, I don't think it'll be that great. All right. Well, I'll say it. All right. Well, so I had, I was dealing with some dude, some troll. And this dude, like, I comment on not his page, by the way, not his page. I comment on a post, not don't know this guy, don't know anything about this guy. I ha- I got like a notification like the next morning or something like that. Like I had woke up to like a thing of notifications, right? See his comment. I'm like, all right, this is weird. I got nothing to do today. So I entertain it. I say a couple of things back. Uh, Instagram actually takes one of them off because they said I was bullying, which I thought was odd because he was the one reaching out to me being an asshole first. So how I'm a bully, kind of absurd. But anyways, I digress. Um, he, I, I say like a couple jabs back. I think it's done. Nope. I look over and I'm like, I, like I'm on my phone, right? And I see in my DMs, I see the blue little four messages <laughs> request. I'm like, oh, thought it was porn spam you know, per usual. And I go, nope, it is this fool has personally gone to my (laughs) DMs and is continuing this conversation. So I thought it was funny. And here was the thing that set him off. It was about a MMA fighter who was coughing up blood and he had just had COVID like a couple months prior. He thought he had been over it and he's like struggling and he's coughing up blood. This is what I posted. Man, makes me think it could be an ulcer or cancer. I hope he's okay. And this dude saw that post and he got so pissed off, he decided to tell me to fuck myself because I shouldn't be playing doctor. I was like, he like he saw that and he goes, fuck this dude. This guy sitting here typing away, hoping this guy's okay, saying ulcer and cancer, fuck this wannabe doctor. And he got so pissed off, he had to say something. And then he got so mad that I had the audacity to say something back. He continued to just berate me over and over again. I 
I was just at a loss of words. I was like, this guy is just something else. Um, I just thought it was more so funny that he saw that comment and that just like outraged him. He was like, this motherfucking trying have an ass fucking hoe. And just was <laughs> just was over by that comment. Like it wasn't like I said anything controversial. Like, like he saw that and he was just furious. Kind of a lot of this talk too about particularly about being like uh, uh, like worries in school and shit like that. Um, Um, kind of had me like thinking about my childhood a lot. Obviously, you know, you like thinking about you, as you're doing that top five, you kind of like draw on old memories. And I was just thinking about like, you know, what I, I would say I'm not, I would say I have tough, like tough skin, but I don't have like really tough skin because, because of my sisters, like my sisters gave me tough skin in the sense that I'm so used to being like picked on by them. Now they'd be like, Oh, you're an asshole. And yeah. But like, it was constantly like, even my dad and my mom and you know, cat would join in be like berating me. I'd be sitting there at the dental table and it would just be like from all angles, just be getting am everybody shooting at me. I'm like, what the fuck all the time. So like I have tough skin cause I would get picked on a lot by my sisters and because they were, I was in the middle of both of them, so it was like if I picked on Spencer, my little sister, I mean Tara immediately was right there, and then it became a two on one, like right, like right off the bat, always. Um, so I could, and then obviously if I just like picked on, like I couldn't pick on Tara, um, but you know it was they gave me some tough skin. And it was, you know, I was able to take it, but man, they also kind of like to a point where I'm like, if more than one person jumps in, I'm just like miserable. Uh, I don't, I don't think I have, like I have tough skin to a point and then to a certain degree, I'm like, I just get like Vietnam flashbacks of my childhood and I'm just like, <laughs> where and especially when you were that young like it was just a lot of confusion you were just angry but you didn't know how to articulate what you wanted to say so then you were just like and you couldn't reply to both of them at the same time so you were just kind of taking on ammo before you knew it you were up in your ears and just like word vomit from them and you were just taking on grenades essentially and next thing you know you're just like don't you didn't say anything and they just berated the fuck out of you and you just are at a loss of words and then you walk away defeated and you really reconsider a lot of things about going into arguments like that again. So whenever more than one person gets in, I'm like, this is not where I want to be. So that being said, UFC fights this weekend. Uh, really excited about them this week. Um, I'm only going to talk about the obvious three but um, the obviously three main ones, the three title fights, one is a title title fight. Um, first one is Pirion versus Aljamain Sterling, which uh, I think is going to be a good fight. Um, I don't know. It's always weird because, you know, you always get like it's Aljamain's first title fight. So he's going to have an adrenaline dump probably. Um Peter Yawn, he he knows, you know, Aljamain's pretty dang, 
Maybe not. He maybe won't respect Aljamain on the ground, but um, and not that Jan's going to try and take it to the ground, but he won't like uh, really think too much about defending it. Um, but anyways, um, so I don't know. I think uh, it would it w- it's going to be an easy. F- it'll be a good fight. It'll be interesting. I I think it could also go into a feeling out process where both of them. Um, are just kind of not doing, um, hold on one second. <clears throat> um, anyway, sorry about that. Turn my ceiling fan off. I can start hearing it through my headphones. Um, but yeah, so the first time uh, Aljermaine and Peter Dion, I think it'll be a good fight. Um, because I think Aljermaine has decent stand up. He's really a, obviously he wants to get to the ground. He wants to do a submission. Um, I don't know. I, I could kind of see it because they're such opposites. I could see it kind of being a boring fight. Um, you know, Peter Jan might go, he really wants to get to the ground. So, you know, normally he's a push the pace, come forward type of guy, but because he doesn't want to get taken down, he maybe doesn't. Um, but who knows? Um, it could be a good fight. Uh, it's a title fight, so it's going to be sooner or later something's going to happen because if it's a turns out to be like a Masvidal Usman fight where it's just boring and a lot of fence pushing and holding them down and a lot of grappling and stuff like that, um, they get boring. But like sooner or later, someone's got to make a move, um, just because you're fighting for the belt at this time. So there's you know a lot on the line. Um, I. I think it'll be good, and, you know, obviously, I think that weight division, they get some little stocky punchers, so it'll be a good fight. I don't really know much about the Amanda Nunez and Megan Anderson. From what I have, I haven't really seen Megan Anderson. I think I saw her fight once, and I think she won. I honestly can't remember her, uh, it well, how the fight was, but I think I have seen her fight once. Um. Or there was somebody who looked like literally just like like her, and the reason I'm thinking about it is because they also had like a giant leg sleeve, like like that. And I don't think there's too many people in the UFC women's division who has a giant leg sleeve like that. Um, but I think that'll be a good one. The first, obviously, the best fight of the night is going to be Israel Adesanya and Jan Blachowicz. Uh I think this here okay so here are the the versions i think that could happen is i think you could see a fight like you saw with paulo costa and uh yoel romero where adesanya just sits on the outside and just chops yon down because yon doesn't want to come forward and he just break beats up his leg it might not be an exciting fight um it'll be pretty distanced and um you know, it pro- maybe not a lot of engagements, things like that. It might be a slower fight. And then, and I think that's, to be honest, I think that's a fight Israel Adesanya wants to have. I think he wants to sit on the, obviously, like, not that he wants a boring fight. I'm not saying that. I just think Israel doesn't have, like, knockout power. What he has is he's incredibly accurate and he's incredibly fast. And he obviously has some power, but he's going to get a TKO, right? He's going to, he's going to, you're going to come in and he's going to, clock you three or four times and then you do that three or four times he's they end up on, on the by the fourth time they end up on the ground and then Adesanya's on top of you and just 
you know, feed new hands. And then the rep pulls him off. Um, I think that's obviously the fight he wants. I think we could see a bore, a could be a boring fight. Jan being so much bigger, obviously, I think, I think that the hard part is just going to be him getting past Adesanya's leg kicks. One, Adesanya kicks just wicked fast and hard. He knows how to feign him so well. He, he loves to get your leg up. And then as soon as it comes down, he fires it again. Um, and he, he's just, he can toy with you from out there. He's got long reach. He's actually taller than Jan. Um, people forget this. Uh, they, they only get focused on his weight, but he's actually six, four, like he's Jan's only six, two. So he, he's got a reach advantage too. He's tall. He's lanky. He can kick and he's accurate as fuck with it. Um, Jan's obviously going to be f- probably 30 pounds heavier than him. Um, the only way that's going to matter is if Jan gets his hands on him or he's in the box fighting with him. Um, because anything from distance, he's going to lose. He's not going to have the reach. His power is going to be negated. It won't matter. Um, the only time he's going to feel now, here's the thing I think is Adesanya obviously has got very good takedown defense, but he's got good takedown defense at 185. If he's really coming in, like he says at 193, I don't know that if Jan gets into him, I don't know how he's keeping a third that, I mean, that's, that's literally a 30 pound, 30 to 35 pound difference. He's not going to be able to, yeah, Jan doesn't have uh, the spectacular wrestling, but he's going to be 35 or 30 pounds fucking heavier. And he is a decent wrestler and he has submitted people. So he, he can submit people. Um, yeah, I, 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 that was something I just thought of too, to be honest, because, I, I didn't even think about that as like just from take down. Like, yeah, if he, I mean, I don't know that he's, if Jan gets his hands on him, I don't know that he's going to be able to keep him off of him. Uh, I, I, you know, it's one of those things like when he was fighting Palo, like, okay, let's say if you all Mero was trying to take down Adesanya, you're like, or Kevin Gaslam, you're like, all right, well, there's still, first of all, Kevin Gaslam, people like to use that as like the wrestling. Gaslam was also a welterweight at one point. Um, so, you know, he, and he doesn't really fancy himself a wrestler. He's like, he's always said he's like a decent wrestler. Um, he's more than likely going to want to use his wrestling to keep it on the feet. Um, but not that saying Jan is either, but like Adesanya, he's not going to have that weight difference. Um, and it's easier for him at, well, at middleweight to keep people off of him and off the ground. Not, I don't know that lightweight that'll translate if he's not putting on more weight. Um, I don't know that it'll really come in at 193. That would be kind of, I don't know. I I don't know that that would just be, I feel like light. Like I could see him being like coming in at 200, but 193, that's like, that would be surprising. But I understand why he probably would want to do that. I thought he weighed around 195 to 200 naturally. And then he kind of would like trim down to like 190 for a fight week. And then only have to cut down 10 pounds. Which makes sense why he's also always looks so fresh too. Um, and that's not as hard on your body doing a 10 pound cut as some of these people do 20 and 25 pound cuts. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it'll, that I know why he's doing it. Obviously him doing it 193, it's to keep his speed because you don't want to slow Adesanya down. I mean, that's what makes Adesanya so great is there's nobody who is as fast and as accurate as he is. Um, and his, 
it's that's what makes him so fucking scary. You put some weight on him and you slow him down a little bit, all of a sudden his deadliest tools become less deadly. That opens up a window for some opportunities. Um, I, I'm curious about this fight. I think I think Jan will. I think Jan is smart enough to know that he has to go forward. I think that's his only chance. He doesn't necessarily have to get takedowns, but he has to like he has to be in Adesanya's face because Adesanya's too. He won't. If you can't close that gap, you're you're done. Like you're, I think you're going to see it in the first second round. By the first second round, it, you'll know how this fight's going, because if it stays on the outside and the first second round looks like Jan can't even close the distance, then the fight's over. Um, but he he that's what he has to do. He has to like everybody thought Paulo Costa would do that. He couldn't. Um, I don't know why Yoel Romero didn't, but he didn't either. Um. And yeah, so Jan's got to be able to be the guy to do it. And he's got to be able to, he just has to go forward. And I think the one thing that is different than anybody that Adesanya's faced is nobody has that, nobody he's faced has KO power like Jan does. And they'd be like, oh, Yoel Amaro. No, Yoel Amaro's got heavy hands. I mean, he's got heavy hands, but. He doesn't have like stone you type power like that. Um, he, I mean, he didn't knock out Whitaker. He didn't knock out Adesanya. Um, he, I know he can knock out people, but he doesn't have it like Jan. Let's be real. Um, and yeah, I think uh, Jan, Jan definitely has it. And I think that's what separates him from all the other people he's faced. It, Jan has that ability, just boom, lights out one one punch. Um, yeah, um, I guess that'll be, that's kind of like it, but, um, that'll be an interesting fight. I'm really, really excited about it. I'm excited to see, uh, how it, how it goes. I, my hope is it win or lose, like even if Adesanya, so I think Adesanya, okay. So I think Adesanya is going to win. I I'm very confident that Adesanya is going to win this. Um, I want Jan to win. I just, I kind of like, uh, i I liked him um, in his last few fights, and he won me over with the Dominic Reyes. You know, being the underdog, uh, he won me some money. I just put like a hundred dollar bet on him, and he won me money. Um, so I liked him that way. So I kind of stuck with him. Um, and it's kind of like an under underdog story. And I don't mean that just like even in this fight. Like I think eight out of his last nine fights, he's been the underdog, um, and he's eight and one, and. Yeah, I think so. That I I want him to win on that one. Um, if Izzy wins, I won't be like upset. I like it. I like Israel Adesanya. Um, but um, already, anything else? No, thank you for listening to my rant. Uh, we got uh, merch in my Instagram bio, the merch, or you can go to Teespring and look up Trost Talk Media. Um, buy some T-shirts, support the show, subscribe to the show as well. Uh, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, you name the platform, I'm on it. Um, and um, at Trost Talk for the Instagram handle. Thank you guys for listening to this Trost Talk episode. And I'm. All right, yeah, bye. I gotta learn these fucking things. <laughs>